0: Welcome to Lacrosse and Sport,
1: the podcast for the fastest game on two feet and America's fastest growing sport. Here are your hosts, Roger Welton and Steve Jordan.
0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen of lacrosse. Welcome back to another episode of Lacrosse and Sport. Steve and I are very excited to be with you tonight. We are talking about The very exciting final of the MLL, that is Major League Lacrosse, the final game between the Ohio Machine and the Denver Outlaws. Steve, how are you?
1: Doing great, Raj. Excited to talk about this. What a game it was. All the way to the end, these uh, fellas out there just gave it all their heart and soul, man. It was one to be uh, in the history books.
0: Well, just case in point of lacrosse, right? You know, how many times did our coaches, when we were playing back in the day, you know, whether you're playing in high school or college, if you're a competitive team, you're down three, four, even five goals. You're not out of it in lacrosse, are you, Steve?
1: No, absolutely not. It's one of the fastest games on two feet. It's our tagline there, and it is known for that. I mean, things can happen in seconds in this game a turnover, a breakdown in offense, defense, uh, turning the ball over, goalies, not just. who who misses a a very easy shot, it happens, man. It's it's one of those games that's so unpredictable, and uh, that's why I love it. I love the unpredictable uh, aspect of it and the variety of it, and anything goes at any time.
0: So, you know, back to the goalie maybe missing an easy shot. Let's go to the flip side of that, and a goalie having an out-of-his-mind game. I actually have experience with that as a coach. This past summer, we are playing a team, uh, my Stingrays, my high school team. We are the heavy favorite going into this team, or I'm going into this game, and this is the last bracket game until we are headed to the semifinal, the whole tournament, right? So this is supposed to be a rollover. They are the bottom seed, and we are absolutely controlling the game. We are shelling this goalie. He was out of his mind. Can you believe we went into the final whistle at a one-to-one tie? They only had four shots on us, and one went in. We had, ready for this, 18 shots on that goalie, and only one went in. It went into what's called a Braveheart, Steve. Are you familiar with a Braveheart?
1: Mm. I am a little bit, yeah. It's almost like a a shoot-off.
0: Well, a Braveheart is what you do is you you pick your two best players. They face off. They go full field, and they battle until somebody wins. And thankfully, thankfully... The better team did win that day because I had a beast. This kid's ready for this. The kid's name is Axel. How do you like that? Mm. For, for I put in a face-off specialist and a deep hole, and my deep hole was my beastliest, fastest, most meanest, nastiest deep hole. Fourteen-year-old kid named Axel. He's like six foot one and runs like a gazelle. Axel scoops the ball after the face-off, comes down, face dodges a short stick, comes in and rips a shot. We win the game so exciting um but that's lacrosse right so we were so heavily favored as a team going in this other team they had no they had no like illusions that they would actually even possibly be competing with us let alone going into a brave art so that's just lacrosse man
1: yeah i couldn't agree more there's a lot of momentum uh, a lot of psychology in this game believe it or not you know it's it is a fast game, and you know there's a lot of games that are won and lost on psychology alone. Uh, that momentum can be created not just externally on the field by missed opportunities or opportunities taken, but it's also the psychology of the players in the, any given moment. Uh, you know, heads dropping uh, that that's going to lose a game, and um, I've seen it all too often. So um, I'm really interested in the way that you know psychology plays a role in a lot of that momentum of wins and wins X's and O's and wins and losses.
0: Well, you look at the, the professional level, right? So the MLL, these guys have all been to the puppet show, seen all the strings, right? These are seasoned professionals. The psychology part of it, one would think, is uh, kind of been there, done that. But at the same time, you know, you see people rise to the creme de la creme after Division One football, and you see some that, like... Um, you know they come in number one in the draft, so you know let's look look at some quarterbacks like uh, Dan Marino, uh, John Elway, uh, some of the guys uh, that some of our listeners would would identify with more, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Drew Brees. You know some of these guys that came up, but at the same time you got your Drew Brady or Drew Brady, pardon me.
1: Drew Brees. <laughs>
0: no. Tom Brady,
1: Tom Brady, Tom
0: Brady, who was a six round draft pick who came in with no expectations and perhaps arguably the best quarterback ever. So, you know, these things. It's hard to predict how it's going to be, but we have to assume at the MLL level, these are the creme de la creme. They've been there, done that. And one of our friends and fellow pro campers from uh, last year, Marcus Holman, was in this game. Really super nice guy. Uh, great but, guy, but but at the same time a really fierce competitor. If you recall his North Carolina days, he was a three-time All-American. He did one-year All-American as a midi, two years as an attackman. You remember, Do you remember the last time we had him on the show?
1: Yeah, I do. He was great guest, great person. Just uh, you know, the epitome of uh, a lacrosse player. You know, from his upbringing to uh, his demeanor on and off the field. Just a really humble guy, um, but like you said, very fierce on the field. No bullshit, gets the job done. Uh, true workhorse. And what's also interesting is this guy's—he's not big. He's only about five eight five nine, and uh, you know stands much bigger in his skill level and his stature than he does in his physical stature. So uh, you know, then it, those people out there who're thinking that you know you have to be big, fast, tall. Whatever it is, it's not necessarily always the case. Um, it's nice to have all of it, but uh, here you go with Marcus Holman. Um, he's only a whopping 5'9", but he is fast, very agile, and his stick skills are incredible. And his, uh, his field IQ and lacrosse IQ is probably, bar none, probably one of the highest out there.
0: I agree. You know, that surprised me about Marcus when I first met him. I was, I'm standing eye to eye with Marcus, and... I'm thinking, wow, you are not big at all. And on the field, he doesn't look big at all. But, you know, anybody who's not huge is going to look kind of small. You know, you watch an NFL game, you got a six-foot running back out there. You know, he looks tiny, but you walk up to him, he's six foot or six foot one or whatever. But, yeah, eye to eye with Marcus. And I'm just thinking, and remember he's swimming in our pool. You know, so he had his shirt off, whatever. And he's not like, you know, of course he's very fit, but he's you know, not this heavily muscular guy or anything like that. Just fit and fast and great stick and great IQ, like you said. So to all the kids out there, Steve brought up an incredible point. You don't have to be big. Don't let that ever hinder you. Don't ever let that stop your dream. Um, Case in point, on the other side of the field of Marcus Holman, on the Denver Outlaws, is the... Four-year starter, three-year All-American, amazing attackman, Matt Kavanaugh. Matt Kavanaugh is barely five-eight. Barely Ooh. five-eight is a, is a read on him. And you look at him on the field, he does look small. Of course, he's got forearms the size of cannons, but uh, this guy is one of the most prolific scorers to ever play in the NCAA. And there he is on the other side. Um, he actually got it going for the Denver Outlaws with two consecutive goals. Um, you know, making a comeback after the machine were leading the, the the game five to three, you know, early on, and then of course there is the antithesis of those little guys, right? Westberg, Westberg is a beast. I don't know if you recall hmm. when he was playing for the the Denver. Um, I believe they're the. I know them as University of Denver and uh, Bill Tierney's team. I believe they're, they're the Pioneers, the Denver Pioneers. I think. I oh, know. Not sure. Who it's, that really, is. it's really horrible of me to not know University of Denver's name because they're national champions in the past. But Westberg is one of the best attackmen you'll ever see. It, now, is, the the Berg, is, it West- is the pioneers. It is the pioneers. It is the University <laughs> of Denver Pioneers. Yes. Okay. All right. You verified that. Thank you. I I I feel appalled that I actually didn't didn't uh, know that for sure. But Westberg is a huge man. You know, he's he's like cut from the same cloth. As um, your your uh, University of Maryland star and T.R. Ton Award winner, um, remind us of his name, Steve.
1: You're gonna throw me under the bus. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, come on, it's UMD, man. It's you. You just I won the know. national championship. I know. Who is it? Uh, <laughs> Are you gonna you're gonna edit this?
0: Oh, these are outtakes. Yeah, I'll, I'll edit this part. Hold on. Let me find this.
1: Uh, you don't remember
0: his name, for the love of God.
1: No, what's his name? No, 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 no.
0: I forget, too. It's terrible. Are we getting dementia already?
1: No, I think I've always had it. T. <laughs> uh.
0: Matt Rambo. Holy shit. How Rambo.
1: I- that's right. Yeah. 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 Rambo.
0: Yeah. I got to edit this. All right. So so right now just say.
1: So you say Steve. Steve. And who None is other Steve? Than,
0: And then you say. Yeah. Matt Rambo. Of course I had to do that.
1: Yeah. Now, Matt Rambo. Of course.
0: Right. So. So how big was Matt Rambo? Not, not was, he still exists. I mean, we'll see him at the end Yeah, but
1: <laughs> exactly. how big is that uh, Rambo? Matt Rambo's not very big. I mean, I would say 5'8 as well. Yeah, but, but he's huge, um, and, though. I mean, he's, yeah, like, he's 220 a big, or big, something. Yeah, he's a big kid. Yeah, he's a big kid. He's the big, brawny, um, he's like a Mack truck, but he's short in his stature. He's not very tall. I would say he's 5'9 maybe, max.
0: Yeah, uh, we could probably look up official stats on him. You know, at some point, but no, I I know he's well over 200 pounds, and uh, I want to say he's 510, but but still not you know hugely tall. But the point is though that you know there's some place for everybody in this game. It depends on what your skill set is. It depends on what your great physical ability is, whether it's speed, game IQ, great stick skills, all of the above. He is
1: 510. 510. Yeah. So, but still, that's not that's not tall.
0: No. No it's not a short butt like me though um, i'm'm I'm, you know i'm the I'm the five eight guy and um, I still had a pretty good college career granted division three but there were some guys out there at uh you know six foot five in my on my team and guys I played against and I actually sometimes really enjoyed playing guys that were a lot bigger than me because you know you can draw them in and you could have your stick held you know right by your ear and what are they gonna do they're trying to get your stick they hit you in the head they have, they have mm-hmm. no they have no way of getting you because they're so far over you so i, I kind of like big guys sometimes the,
1: yeah there is and i think that you you hit a uh, a nice little point there there is a lot of advantage to being shorter you have a different perspective on the field and uh, the way that the defense I mean defenders are typically very tall big long arms so, you do have a little bit of an advantage sometimes being more short and have better agility uh, to maneuver in and around them. I mean, listen, this is uh I don't think any one size matters it really it's um, it boils down to a whole variety of variables and I mean it's a case in point it's one of the great benefits of um, what I love about lacrosse because you don't have to be. Uh, like a football player to play defensive line, you have to be 300 pounds, six four, six five, or a basketball player, you know, six ten, six eight to be, you know, playing in the NBA, or even a baseball player where you got, you know, uh, the, the size, your ass the size of a of a barn, <laughs> the backside of a barn, you know. I mean, these big guys, man, and they all seem to have the same physical stature. Um, you know, the only other sport that I could see being similar and they're very similar in their uh, their play is hockey. Uh, you know, you had like a Wayne Gretzky who, you know, when you take his pads off, he's probably one hundred and sixty pounds soaking wet. He's you know. still six foot two, um, though.
0: I think he's still pretty tall. Though. Yeah. Six foot two.
1: But he's still but he's still pretty small, like relative. I think there's a lot of hockey players out there that can also play the game as well as you know, is small or, or or smaller, shorter, um, less weight, like little cross players. There's a lot more agility involved and a lot more skill. I think so. soccer
0: is up there too, in that regard. Yeah, I think um, it's another one, especially if you're like a halfback that is a full field player that is bringing the ball up. Necessarily finisher. I mean Pele. I think was like five foot six.
1: I would guarantee that probably ninety percent of our listeners don't know who Pele is.
0: No, you you're probably right. Well you know, just look up Pele. P- but, P-E-L-E. Yeah. Pele Pele was amazing. Yeah. Um arguably the sort of best player ever and little guy, but he was just such a such an artist. But you know, nonetheless, let's let's get back to the game. So it was a battle and it went back and forth, um, but you know, back to our friend Marcus Holman. At the end, he really put it away. He had four goals in a row. He, um, yeah, he basically iced the game. He just said, "You know what? Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna finish this." Finished it, and they ended 16-12. And at the end, it was not really necessarily even remotely a contested lead. It was not something that it looked like. The Ohio Machine were going to relinquish in anything that the Denver Outlaws could um, realistically put a dent in. So, you know, kudos to Marcus. Marcus, you know, he is not a rookie anymore. He's not one of the younger guys out there. Um, so two years ago he was 25, so he's 27. And it's funny because this league, Steve, if you talk to like Ray and Brian McGill, our friends, at, uh, especially Ray who did eight years in this league, it becomes increasingly challenging cuz you got these guys fresh out of college that are just, you know, straight out of NCAA, they ha- they they don't have a career or children or families or wives to worry about and they're coming out hungry and fit and uh, these other guys have to work a regular job Monday through Friday because we know the MLL doesn't pay a lot and then they they play on the weekends. You know, it's it's pretty amazing that Marcus continues to have this high level of play the way he does.
1: Yeah, he's fully dedicated to it. Um, as far as uh, I know, I don't know his current situation, but he's not married. Um, you know, I think he was starting to look for work in different areas, but I think his focus still was primarily in the lacrosse world. And, uh, you know, we, as much as we put a lot of emphasis on him, how he, uh, I think he got the MVP, didn't he, for this game?
0: Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. It's not mentioned in the news that I got. I I think we'll just table that, okay, uh, for now. But uh, you know,
1: but he goes on and says, you know, he uh, here's a quote from him. He said, "I'd be lying if I said we didn't learn from the past and the experience and use this as fuel." And uh, he goes on to also say, you know, I love these guys and I'm very thankful to be a part of this organization and this team lacrosse is a team effort you know there may be Mm -hmm. in a game or in a season a a shining star the the guy who's or the gal who is out there you know really crushing it and has a prolific season but everybody has to do their part and that's what i love about lacrosse as well there's there is no i in team you know back to that old saying and it really is a whole big team effort in this and i love how marcus was just humble to really give his team Mm -hmm. um the acknowledgement you know in this moment no,
0: absolutely. He's come short uh, at the professional level. He came short at the North Carolina level. You know, he's a three-time All-American. And, of course, the individual accolades are great. But um, I believe as a Nor- as a Tar Heel, he never made it past the quarterfinal. Um, and mm. that, you know, a, a champion like Marcus, uh, it's, it's hard to stomach that. You know, most of us would look at that as, wow, I made it the quarterfinal of the, you know, NCAA national tournament – uh, not just once, but several times, and I was also three-time All-American, and that'd be enough. But it's not enough. Uh, these these guys they yearn to be champions, and there's something to be said for that. And I love uh, Steve. I'm seeing the quote as well. Wonderful quotation that you just uh, gave from Marcus. So I'd like to see who the MVP is uh, you know at some point we will most certainly give you guys that news as soon as it's available. And hopefully, hopefully if we can find Marcus and pin him down, we can get him back on the on the program. We can talk about the game in person.
1: Yeah, I feel confident we'll get them on here. We just gotta track them down, get them in one spot. I think I'm um, looking at right now doesn't. I, I just looked up the MVPs, and I don't think it's announced yet.
0: No, they may not be, and that's why we're not seeing it. You know, we're always perusing yeah. on lacrosse news and lacrosse networks and all that. Um, right now, the two biggest selling player teas are Bomb and Holman. Number one and number fifteen. Yeah. So uh, you know Holman is a is a big star, and it's funny when you know I'm in I'm in Vieira, which is a good eh, two and a half hours down to the uh, two and a half hour drive down to Boca Raton, which is the home field of the Florida Launch in Boca Raton. It's uh, it's amazing how many of our guys are showing up there with with Holman jerseys on. You know, mm-hmm. you know, very we're, cool. We're we're coming down there to to root for the Florida launch and support our local team, which is great. But you know, he really makes a difference. And I believe it was three years ago or four years ago, he was actually the MLL Offensive Player of the Year, which is something to be said. Back when uh, Casey Powell was still in the league, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, it just keeps getting better and better. The competition he's getting better and better. You know, I think Steve, you got to plan a trip uh, in the future where we can get you down to an MLL game at the Florida launch. It's really something to see. Love that. Yeah, yeah I'd love that. It's very different from Division I. Uh, Division One, it's slower, um, if, if you can imagine that. It's slower. Mm. It's more controlled. Um, the professional- I've been to a couple of
1: games out here yeah. um, back in the day when uh, Los Angeles had a team. So um, it was, uh, I think it was the Riptide. Was the name of the team out here? I went to a few games. It was, but this was also a decade ago. So the game has evolved since then.
0: Yeah. They, so so, and, and Ray McGill will tell you from the beginning, because he's one of the originals, till now the, the 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 talent level is just off the hook. So you have all these Division One All Americans now coalesce into this league, and you're watching this. It's it's ridiculous. You can all. It's almost. Like, you turn your head and talk to somebody for a second, and somebody scored. It's like, what? Or something amazing happened. Somebody got stripped, and the fast breaks happened so fast. And here's another thing that's that's different from Division I uh, college lacrosse. These guys are actually coming down on a fast break, these middies. You see this a lot. And they will fake a dump to the point man, attack man. They will fake it. And just rip a shot from the restraining box, and it's not the restraining box in MLL. They have what's called the, uh, the two-point line, um, but they'll rip a shot from there, from 20 yards out, and you're just and hit a corner. And you're just like, you're doing this at full speed, after faking a pass to the yeah. point man. It's unbelievable. You're just like, how did that just happen?
1: The things they do with their sticks, I can't even do without a ball in it.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, it's pretty amazing. It's, it's incredible. So it's a yeah. beautiful thing, but but uh, anyway, great to connect with you once again, Steve. We're we're keeping, always great to connect. Keeping this on a regular basis, man. This is uh, what we're three in a row right now, four in a row.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's All exciting. Right. Keeping the momentum.
0: Absolutely, sir. Any final thoughts here on this uh, on this topic?
1: No, just congratulations, the Ohio Machine. You deserve it.
0: Yep, congrats, Ohio Machine. Congrats to our buddy. Uh, Marcus Holman. That was a fun four days we spent with him and the McGill brothers. And Kyle Hartzell, by the way, uh, which which was great. And Do you remember him and Hartzell, would, uh, before we met up for any barbecues or anything like that, they'd go off and make sure they got their workouts in after the camp yeah. adjourned, right? Yes, and they did. They got their workouts in, and then then we enjoyed some barbecue. But um, At any rate, hasta la vida. Lax on, everybody. Lax on.